White Cloud feed to the right, back in front. White Cloud scores! White Cloud bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle. Went to the outside right for Stone. Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud. The righty rips it home. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael, nine seconds through the left circle. Number nine closing in. He scores! It's an overtime winner. Jack Eichel, 2 to 1 Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. What's happening, world? We are ready with a doubleheader of conversation this hour. Mike Rupp from the NHL Network. We'll talk a little league-wide news with us in just a couple of minutes. And we will also bring you a replay. It's the first time I've done this on the VGK Insider Show where we've taken a conversation from hour number one and replayed it in hour number two. That's because VGK defenseman Danilo Miramanov was so outstanding in that uh, interview that we did earlier uh, today. And we want to make sure that uh, it is uh, exposed to as many people as possible. You can always get the uh, the podcast. If you're not going to be around your radio uh, in about half an hour, go to the podcast, download it. It's uh, well worth it uh, because uh, we've had some good interviews before. This just mm-hmm. takes it to another level because of his honesty and uh, vulnerability, if you want to call it, uh, and uh, the way he dissects the game, uh, his, his parents, uh, the, the moments uh, that, he, that he went through. Uh, it's, uh, it's a really neat discussion that, uh, that we'll bring you. One-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, also coming up in this hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a jam-packed hour. We've got... Uh, a lot to get to, and, and I'm really excited that uh, that, that we're going to get to hear that Daniil Mirmanov interview one more time. Just an excellent, excellent guy. Rupper's coming up in a second, but first let's get to news from around the league. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. You talk about being uh, an open book to people. Uh, I don't know whether you guys have seen the story on NHL.com regarding Linus Allmark. Have you guys checked it out? I've not seen it, no. All right. Well, this uh, this is really raw stuff. Uh, and it's uh, from Emily Benjamin. And uh, the, the opening paragraph is, Linus Allmark couldn't hold it in anymore. He broke down the tears coming hot and fast on the open ice. He's talking about a situation where uh, he, he had to deal with the, his father's alcoholism uh, uh, growing up. And, and and balancing his life and his hockey and his dad's uh, disease and just uh, an amazingly honest uh, discussion, which uh, I think is therapeutic. I'm sure that uh, he's had this conversation with people other than NHL.com. Uh, certainly, I hope so. Uh, but uh, but boy, you want you want to see an athlete peel things back. Uh, go to NHL.com and and read this story. Yeah, I I absolutely will be seeking it out um, because it's certainly a, a topic that um, you know is raw and emotional, and um, it, it's always 
interesting and, and I think should be championed when players are uh, a little bit more raw and emotional in, in some of the things that they're discussing and talking about. So I, I give all the props in the world to Linus Olmark, who's having a phenomenal season right now with the Boston Bruins, to, uh, to be vulnerable and allow himself to be vulnerable enough to open up like that. Uh, Linus Olmark's record right now is, is video game stuff. Yeah. The, like the stats, the actual like <laughs> the goalie stats are good, but they're not that much like uh, out of whack compared to the rest of, of high caliber netminders uh, and netminders that are off to, to great starts. But the win loss record, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. I I don't remember something like this happening since uh, Andrew Hammond started in the National Hockey League and went on that tremendous tear. Uh, the the Hamburglar, uh, Patrick Laleem back in the day uh, yeah. with, with the Pittsburgh Penguins was staggeringly good. Uh, go back to the mid-80s. No, you guys weren't around, but but Pete Peters with the Boston Bruins, he won the Vezina Trophy uh, that year, mm. uh, and and he was just like, unbeatable. Could, couldn't, except for yeah. Marilyn Mew scored on his first shot in his first shift uh, against him. <laughs> but, uh, but, but Pete couldn't couldn't lose every now and then the, these kind of streaks happen and you you look at it and go did, did he just win the year-end award now and yeah. and there's if if he just if he just maintains like a, a 600 650 winning percentage the rest of the year uh his, his win totals compared to the loss volume is going to be so offset that he might give himself a good chance. The other side, though, is he will be compared to his start for the rest of this year, and maybe that uh, works against him a little bit. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of where the numbers fall as the season continues and normalizes a little bit. But, I mean, he set himself up with such a great start that it's going to be – it's going to take – you know, a, a really epic collapse for his numbers, at least in the win-loss record column, to, to kind of come down to earth. And I, I don't expect, and, and I know we, we kind of joke about this oftentimes when it comes to me and the Boston Bruins, but uh, I don't expect the Boston Bruins are going to regress that much over the course of the season. So I think Linus Allmark's win-loss column at the end of the year is going to be pretty impressive. He's 17-1-1. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't believe it if I hadn't been <laughs> conscious during the course of it. Like, if this would have sure. had occurred during the time period that I had my bike accident, I'd be like, nah, <laughs> I'm just having some brain fog. Come There's on. no way that's happening. Come but it's, uh, it's real. Uh, Ovi's uh, got a day off. He's back at it tomorrow. I uh, picked up an assist last night in a 2-1 loss against the Dallas Stars. Uh, he will face the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, this one's uh, going to be fun. It's a Saturday night. It's Hockey Night in Canada. It's not in Toronto, but it will be on Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. It's for second place. It's to tie yeah. Gordie Howe for the second yeah. most goals all the time. I am so loving how much attention passing Gordie Howe is getting. Uh, yeah. And I, I really do appreciate all the uh, the, the focus that, that's going on Ovi, even though he's... 94 goals away from from being number one well yes but i I think kind of to your point you know 801 for so long was 
the the high stand the, the benchmark, right? Like that's where Gretzky had to surpass, and he surpassed it in, in only the way Wayne Gretzky could. But I mean, you're talking about three humans that have played this game that have been able to score 800 or more goals, and it, it you know it, it's it's going to be an accomplishment for Ovechkin to pass Gordie Howe just as much as it's going to be an accomplishment for Ovechkin to pass Gretzky if he gets there. You want some some uh, just a highlight of how incredible Gordie Howe was. Uh, Wayne Wayne finished with 894. Yep. That is 93 more goals than Gordie scored. So he broke Gordie's record and then went another 93. Yep. Gordie broke Rocket Richard's record of 545. And I may be wrong in this, but I'm in the general area. He went and and made tacked on another 250 goals to the all-time scoring record. Like as yeah. much as Wayne is the standard, it's the like Gordy furthered it, pushed it along another 256 goals. And I love the 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 the, the attention that uh, that he's getting right now. Obi. When it comes to uh, Mr. Hockey, here's uh, one of our good friends. Uh, Rupper is with us from the NHL Network with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace on the VGK Insider Show. Good to be with you, pal. How's things? What's happening, Rupper? What's up, fellas? How are we? Uh, we're doing uh, really good. It's good to hear you. Uh, our, our, our technician back there, uh, he gets a little wonky at times, but uh, I'll deal with him. You don't worry about that uh, because uh, we're, we're, we're getting some things figured out. Hey, um, uh, where are you on, on the the attention that Ovi's getting right now? Uh, I know that the network had Barry Trotz. I had Barry Trotz uh, on my podcast, and there were some cool things that came out of it. Uh, he doesn't look like he's tightening up around these situations. Oh, no. I, I actually think that from watching him right now, I mean, it's, we've seen a guy that's passionate for a very long time. Every time he scores a goal, he kind of reminds me, uh, I remember growing up loving to watch Pavel Bure. Just, he was passionate about scoring goals, right? It could be an empty net goal for number 24 or um, kind of what you deem a, a meaningless goal of uh, being the 43rd of, his, of the season or whatever it is. He was passionate. I, we see that with Obi. We always have seen but lately, it's like I think he can taste it now. Yeah. I think he can taste it, smell it. He knows it's often the it's it's reachable now, and so we're starting to see him. Uh, he he's been a guy. I mean, you never get to 800 goals without scoring in various ways. But now all of a sudden, you start watching him. He's even more at the net, hanging around, trying to dig for some. Uh, uh, it's I, I think this guy is uh, he's going to get it a lot quicker. I think than most people probably deemed. Uh, especially even if you looked at it in the last year plus. I mean, this guy just seems to be uh, on a mission right now, that's for sure. Yeah, he's ripping off the pace that uh, that Gordy and, and Wayner had. Like, it's, it's just on, on another stratosphere. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that's the crazy part about, I, I know everybody's talking about it, but I, I don't think it can be talked about enough. It's just even... So you just do the you do the numbers and you try to come up with uh, just to make numbers easy. Eight hundred goals is uh, sixteen years of fifty goals, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that that's not what he is he's he's done per se. He has not had uh, sixteen fifty goal seasons. 
but he's been so incredible in his durability and the way he's been consistent. And I, I just think back even when, uh, probably, I, I wouldn't say early on in his career, but I'd say somewhere around like the, the first five, six years, um, he, would sit, he was a guy that would always come down the left side and he'd kind of hitch that puck off his, his right hip, right? Alex Semin, his, his teammate, did it really well, too. Uh, but Obi would come down and he'd do that, and then you kind of just take like almost like a, uh, a, a drop step to the middle of the ice and then just fire between the defenseman's legs. Yeah. And guys, uh, he would do it all the time. So he would come down and, and he'd score on it all the time. And a lot, you know, the other times that they, they'd get blocked or he hit a guy in the foot and then the defenseman drops like a fly because it's, uh, you know, it hurts. And uh, so it started kind of getting to a point where he became kind of predictable that he was going to try that move. And then all of a sudden he started seeing Ovi, and I remember being in the locker room listening to guys kind of talking about it, and we were, we were kind of, when he comes down, just little telltales to maybe see what he's going to do. He started developing an outside move, coming down the left side, beating defensemen wide. Then it was the long carry across the middle of the ice, to get a shot, and you saw him sometimes coming down left side, cut to the middle, and then carrying the puck east-west another 20, 20 feet and then shooting it from the right side of the ice. Uh, it was just I just love watching the greats work at the craft, never satisfied. Um, he was successful scoring one way, but he wanted to score two and three and four and five different ways. He, he was doing everything, and uh, when you add all those together, man, it's crazy where, where he's at right now. Uh, Ryan, I want to get you in here, but I just uh, to piggyback on that. Uh, I had Barry on the chirp this week, and he told me this cool story that if if the opposition was a little too aggressive with him uh, on the power play defending, uh, that Ovi would just he would waste a couple early in that power play and just fire it at the defender. And, and, and create some room. I thought that was really cool. I've heard about guys shooting it around the goalie's ears at times and trying to send that message, but never on the power play, uh, that thing. And he's like, no, he would try and soften up uh, the penalty killers by just wicking it, uh, whipping it right at them, and then he would get some more room. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you know, you remember uh, you remember Jacques Leperrier? Yeah. Uh, the all-time, uh, one of the greats of Montreal Canadiens. We had him assistant coach. He was our D coach in New Jersey. And Lappy was great. He'd, he'd, get, he'd always work, even with us forwards at the end of practice, just feeding us one-timers and all these different things. And he'd always come up and just give you, like, those outside-the-box type uh, suggestions, right? And he'd always come up to me with his, with his French accent, and he'd be <laughs> like, uh, Rappi, uh, shoot the kill, shoot the kill. And I'm like, shoot the kill? What do you mean, Lappy? And he goes, uh, he'd come to, he's like, you know, first shot of the game, Take one, buzz the tower, basically, at the goaltender, right? <laughs> and he'd tell me that. And then, uh, so he'd come down in the middle of the game, or sorry, at the start of a game, and uh, he'd come up to me, uh, walk down the bench to the forwards, and he'd say, Reppy, shoot the kill, shoot the kill. And I'm like, where do you want it, Lappy? He goes, right between the eyes. And I'm like, uh, between the eyes, I'm like, Lappy, I don't, I don't get many shots in games. Maybe you should give it to someone that, like, actually gets the puck on their stick a lot. I'm not going to waste one of them. So I I would never do it because I'm like, hey, if I get a shot, I'm going to try to score. But that shows you, OB is so confident if that's, you know, Barry Trotz saying yeah. that, that this guy's going to sit here, he's going to set the table. He knows he's going to get nine, ten shot attempts in a game that he can start softening up the opponent literally by just blasting one in their feet or their shin pads or something to make him maybe uh, hesitate to block the next one. So I love stories like that. Did you just turn Lappy's French accent into Russian? 
I did. I, you know what? You said it. Uh, so at the beginning, I thought I started off strong, and that last one was like, I sounded definitely Russian. So I apologize. I don't know how to do it. Uh, I'm from Cleveland. I'm, I don't know how to do many accents except, uh, I guess, the Midwest. <laughs> oh, Mike Rubs with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. So, you know, you look at Ovechkin right now at age 37 on pace for another 50-goal season, which would just be bonkers. But I guess the question now becomes with, you know, chasing down Wayne Gretzky. It almost feels inevitable. But I guess the, the greater question is, how high can Ovechkin climb? Like, how many goals can he score by the time his career is over? That's a great question. And that's one that no one's – I don't think anyone's asking, right? Like, everyone's just thinking, well, Wayne's – record is the the one that we're all speaking on right the one that we thought never would get beaten and um i I think that it's everybody's pretty much coming to an understanding now at least from the track record that we've seen of 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 good health and not slowing down that always going to do that but i i I literally never thought about that i mean who who knows what this guy has in, in store i mean when he signed what's he in right now i think he's in year two of a five year deal or yeah. year is I think he's got three is? years left on, on uh, after this. Yeah, so remember when he signed that deal, I remember immediately being like, all right, well, let's, you know, this deal kind of set up the crosshairs of Wayne in by that, right? Like, if he just plays out this contract, he'll have a, a he should have a good chance of, of breaking it. I don't know where it goes after that. I mean, I, I don't know. I know that all, we, we've seen in all different sports, athletes have different aspirations, um, I mean, Obi would be deemed the greatest goal scorer of all time. Does he want more? Does he want to pad that more? And like, not pad that more. He, he, he's got those competitive juices. We're not seeing that lacking. You know, I, I, does it get to the point where uh, I don't know? I, I, I'm I'm amazed by it. I, I would love to see him keep going because this is it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I I just always felt like the greats in our game. Anytime we could bring up Mario or Bobby or Gordy or Wayne and you can go on and on. It's like, I didn't see those guys. I mean, certainly I didn't play against those guys, but I didn't see those guys, even as a fan, um, very much because I was a young kid at the time. For this newer generation, like, this is this is hockey royalty, hockey history we're seeing here. I don't know. He, he, he doesn't look like, I mean, what would, be, what would be a bad season for Ovi right now? 30 goals? I mean, if I was scoring 30 goals in the NHL, uh, first off, ever, but, um, you know, late in my career, there would be no end in sight in my career, right? I, I just want to keep playing. Why not? It's a great game, and you get to play for the Stanley Cup or compete for it. And uh, So I think that's a, a great question. I mean, how high can this number actually get? I, I guess uh, only one guy has the answer. Well, it's it's the old Wayne Gretzky thing when when Walter told him the day he was retiring and he's going to play that last game against the uh, 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 Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, Washington Capitals. I can't remember. Uh, New York Rangers, uh, Madison Square Garden was the site of it. And uh, Walter's like, hey, play one more year. And, and he said, Dad, I've scored nine goals. And I go, now, now, other people, nine goals would be fine. But Wayne's like, I'm not playing for nine playing right. nine goals uh, a- anymore. I'm not doing but that. That's, I, that. That's the point, though, right? Yeah, like that's exactly. what you're saying. Like Wayne, Wayne is great. I mean, Wayne, great, 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 all-time great, right? I, yeah. I think he's the greatest of all time. I think many people believe that. And the numbers that he had early on, and even some of these records that you see in those earlier years, I mean, the, the pace that he was on early on. I mean, Obi has made up this ground later on. Wayne slowed down like every other human being does 
that plays the game. Ovi's not. Like, Ovi is just going at the same clip he's gone the whole time. And, and I, I remember seeing that stat the other day where it was uh, how many games it took to get to each uh, 100 threshold, yeah. right? Like 100 goals, 200 goals, 300 goals. He, he's gotten to between 700 to 800. He's gotten that 100 um, threshold quicker than he got from three to 400. You know what I mean? So, like, he's shaving time off the clock, it feels like. And I, it's just, to your point, like, it's, it's it, Wayne kind of knew because Wayne had these expectations of being great, and those weren't necessarily being met for him personally. Ovi, I don't know. Ovi's still doing that, though. Uh, Ovi's 37. Uh, you're, uh, uh, can I say how old you are? Uh, on the air, yeah. do you mind? Okay, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Rupper's forty-two, uh, and I'm fifty-two. <laughs> Gordy Howe was fifty-two when he scored eight hundred one. Yeah. Like that, that, that gives you a, a little bit of appreciation for what Gordy did, and it goes back to, uh, to the start of this conversation. I, I love the attention that Gordy's getting right now uh, as as Ovi tries to uh, pass him. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and that's the cool part about all of this too. It's like it has so many. Every guy had their own. Like Gordy was played till into his fifties. Wayne, um, you know Wayne. We're talking about it. This is one of my favorite things to talk about, which is we're talking about Wayne is the all-time goal scorer, and that wasn't even what he was known for. Right, he's known yeah. for play playmaker. Yeah. He was a this yeah. guy. He was he was the greatest visionary of the game as far as seeing plays and anticipating all of you know what I mean this is like a secondary thing that Wayne Gretzky was a goal scorer and he's the greatest of all time so uh man it's it's and then Ovi it's just like his the way he's doing it too and Ovi Ovi since 2005 there's Dustin Brown obviously retired now uh Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin are the top three hitters in the NHL, you know who number four is? Ovi. Are you kidding me? Like those other guys are paid to hit. Ovi's paid to score goals, and he's oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna beat the next guy. Like the next comparable, let's say Sidney Crosby. If you're gonna compare those two, deservingly so for the great careers they've had, probably top five guys, uh, players of all time potentially. He out hit Sid by like I don't have the number was like two thousand hits. This guy's body, the fact it hasn't shut down or dealt with injuries and all that stuff, it, it, it blows your mind. It's just it's so cool seeing how each guy did things differently. And not rubbing guys out, but running through guys. Uh, no, trying to put you in the third row. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just a quick comment on uh, Vegas, what you're seeing from uh, from a national angle. Yeah, I, I love it. I love the story. Um, they were a team that I thought could win that division or miss the playoffs again, and I I wouldn't be surprised either way, and I mean that in like a, I mean that in a, a, a good way, and uh, not necessarily a bad way. I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of uncertainties coming in this yeah, season. Yeah, there's some we question love, marks. We yeah, we love what we saw from Logan Thompson. We didn't. We don't know long term. I think he's answered a lot of that. We we uh, didn't know what we we're going to see in Mark Stone. He looks good. He looks like he's he's um, you know. Still a very impactful player. We didn't know about Jack. There's a lot of unknowns, right? I think these guys have all answered it all. Um, it's a it's a fun team to watch, and you could just tell. It, even though this is a team that, in the grand scheme of things, hasn't been around that long. And again, I don't want to keep going back to where I'm from, but I'm from from Cleveland as a Browns fan. 
I can't even t- begin to tell you how hard it is to shed a losing tradition and create a winning tradition. I see it every Sunday. I don't know why I even root for these guys anymore. But anyway, <laughs> even in playing <laughs> hockey and playing in the NHL, when you when you have that winning tradition, I came up in it in New Jersey where you, there's an expectation when you walk through the door. There's a standard set no matter who was on the team from year to year. You expected to compete and compete hard. That, that doesn't happen overnight. We see the teams like Buffalo trying to establish that over the last number of years. Uh, just, uh, you know, the Edmonton Oilers have tried to establish that, and they haven't been able to do it for the most part over the, the years with all the high picks. Um, Vegas established that in year one. And I know they missed the playoffs last year, but there's a standard here. And I think that's so cool because this team hasn't been around long, but there's a winning tradition right now when you walk through that door. So uh, no matter who it seems like they put on the ice and, and whatever the circumstances are, this is a team that just finds ways to win. And the uh, Boston Bruins are the prime example. That's exhibit A of a winning tradition. Um, and uh, I, I love watching this Vegas team. you got to uh, connect with Alec Martinez because he's a lifelong a diehard Lions fan, and uh, he's dealt with that uh, same type of thing uh, over the years when it comes to football. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. I say it yeah. tongue in cheek, like joking, but I mean it. Really, you have organizations in sports that go decades trying to get a winning tradition, and that's why I think so cool about Vegas. They've already got that right now. Yeah. Uh, hey, can you uh, come out and hang out with me? Uh, it's been a while since I've uh, I've uh, been able to sit and chat with you in person. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, you yeah. guys, I, I love chatting with you guys anytime. You can let okay. me know. Come out to Vegas, and, uh, and we'll, we'll spend a few days, and uh, we'll play some golf, and we'll have some fun. Uh, thanks, Rupper. Hey, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to uh, you guys. Mike Rupp uh, with us on the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Uh, Chapman, uh, uh, I threw to him. He wasn't there. Uh, tell me what happened there. Well, you talked about Alec Martinez rooting for a... a no, no. Uh, off the top of the interview, remember I introduced him, and he wasn't there, and then yeah, I had to I, go back I, to I it. I don't know what happened, because okay. he was potted up. So okay. I don't I, I okay. don't know what happened. I, I'm, I'm going to put it... On somebody else, not on you. All right. Really, I think I think you you are dialed in to what you're doing. Uh, you've got the Daniil Miramanov uh, interview ready to go. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, I'm gonna say that this was some kind of other mix-up. There might have been like a solar flash or something <laughs> that got in the way of that at the exact same time that I brought Rupper on. Yeah, I don't know. It's entirely possible, but I can tell you, I yeah. did. I did what I was supposed to do. I hey. hey, hey. Wallace is all over you. No, but I not. want you to know. I want you to know that I have your back. I appreciate that. Okay, Wallace, just ease off him a little bit. All right. Yep. Is Wallace still here? Yep. See now, yep. now you're so sour with with Chapman. You don't even want to talk to us. <laughs> Are you guys getting me? Am I coming through? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, Daniil Miramanov uh, was with us in hour number one. It was a fun, revealing conversation that just showed a personality that uh, we are getting to know day by day and loving every minute of it. We're going to bring you that conversation in a replay uh, format as we continue. And we've got tickets to give away as well as uh, we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Interact with the guys on Twitter. Follow them at Darren Millard and at Ryan the Hockey Guy. This is the VGK Insider Show. You can also follow me on Instagram 
That's my new focus right now because I'm not sure what's going on with the tweet thing, where it's, where it's headed. So I'm I'm really putting some emphasis on uh, on Instagram, Darren Uh Hey, uh, we got two tickets to give away to next Wednesday's game against the Arizona Coyotes, Vegas Golden Knights uh, at home to the Desert Dogs. Call right now. Be caller number. Uh, it's Daniil Miramanov. It's 42, but we can't do that. So can we go 24? Is that too much for you, Chappie? No, that works. Okay, so caller number 24 in honor of Daniil Miramanov, and we'll give you two tickets uh, to see the Golden Knights against the Arizona Coyotes next Wednesday, 702-876-1340. Mike, I'm rooting for you right now. I'm rooting for you. Get in there. And uh, as you uh, dial, uh, listen to a conversation we had last hour with the rookie Vegas Golden Knights defenseman on the VGK Insider Show. His uh, debut voyage uh, on the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, uh, Daniil, uh, congratulations on an outstanding week individually, buddy. Hey, guys. How you doing? Thanks a lot. Uh, great. Uh, tell me about uh, your work with Phil Kessel last night, and then we'll get into a little bit more uh, about you individually. Well... You know, um, man, it's just a privilege. Uh, I used to, man, I, I'll go to school and I see Phil Kessel play in the NHL, man. And right now he's my teammate. Uh, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, it doesn't really feel real. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, among with all this stuff has been going on. And, uh, well, I just uh, just received a pack from, from Naber And uh, I kind of saw a little space in front, so I jumped. Jumped in there, passed it to, to Will, and I knew Will was going to pass it back to me there. And I didn't really, like, so I, I knew there was a third player back door, but I didn't know who, who it was, but I definitely knew there was somebody back door. So he was there, he got a touch on it, and, and he was a good player, and, and it's a goal, so we were happy. I wasn't sure whether you were going to shoot the puck or whether you were going to pass the puck, because uh, Will, uh, Bill, give you a, a pass in a pretty good spot. Well, uh, well, uh, I was I received the puck on my back, and then I knew right. the defenseman was coming over, and he was and he was he was coming over uh, one knee stick to puck, so he was taking away kind of sh- uh, the shooting lane there, and then I passed it under his stick back door, so that's that's kind of what happened. Daniil Miramanov uh, up with us on the VGK Insider Show, and boys, he made an impression on everybody uh, after splashing onto the scene last year during training camp. Uh, it's Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. So, Daniel, obviously it was a big individual week for you. You get your first career NHL goal. You've also got four points in two games. Kind of walk us through the moment that you scored, the moment that you beat Connor Hallibach, and, and kind of what that meant to you. Well, it definitely was amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, Smitty, uh, Smitty was there one-on-one against Morrissey. And, you know, I kind of, uh, once again, saw an opportunity, saw an opening. I jumped into the hole and, uh, you know, of course, Smitty passed it to me. And, um, you know, uh, just, we were just trying to shoot hard, shoot to score. And, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, that uncomfortable spot for a goalie was uh, under the pad, under the blocker. So it was perfect, perfectly um, went in. So and I was pretty happy. Are you aiming for that spot from, from where you were shooting? I was. Yeah. I was. Yes, I was. I was going exactly... Uh, far side, um, somewhere, um, somewhere uh, around the low blocker side. How would you describe your shot? And and I love the fact that you didn't even. 
I don't know whether you did or not, but it didn't look like you even thought mm-hmm. about the clapper. Uh, you went uh, straight with just a, a quick release. Well, uh, I, I, I thought that I could, uh, you know, hesitate there for a split second and because uh, cause I think Wheeler was coming over and Morrissey as well. So uh, I think uh, it didn't make it really clear for uh, for Hellebuyck because, you know, those guys are, it's the best league in the world. Those guys, are, those goaltenders are best in the world. And uh, I don't know, maybe in 1950s, uh, you could have like uh, scored uh, with a, you know, with a, with a, with a, with the slap shot from, from there without any screen or uh, any, you know, um, uh, anybody in front of the net. But, uh, you know, I knew that if, if I was going to one time, it, I mean, it was pretty much easy safe for a back. So, I had to the for a split second and use, you know, a little bit of screen there with, you know, with Morrissey and Wheeler. Do you take a lot of slap shots? Uh, no. Yeah. It's, 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 it's one time, it's pretty much. Yeah, it, it, it's gone, kind of gone away from the game, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, and, you know, game evolved so much every single year, I'd say. And you don't really see a lot of, uh, you know, slap shots. Uh, mostly at one time is in, uh, you know, quick. Or, you know, snapshot free shots, pretty much. Danil, Danil Merimanov is with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You know, Danil, you, you've kind of mentioned a couple of times now that you, you saw space in front of you or you had space in front of you. And, and one of the things that I, I like most about your game is how you attack those spaces. Uh, when when or what is the, the process for you when deter, in, in determining when you're going to attack, when you're going to jump into the play in those situations? Mm-hmm. I'd say um, I'd say it's uh, it's it's it comes pretty much naturally. Is my it, those those are my instincts. I don't I don't think a lot uh, during those plays because it's kind of a split second decision. Like if you see it, you gotta jump. If you if you don't, I mean it's gonna be taken away or if it's not there anymore. So uh, you know, it, most of the time it comes pretty natural, and uh, it, that's you know that's pretty much it. Where are you better after? Being up last year, going into this season, uh, coming off the surgery, where have you made the most strides and feel more comfortable? Uh, you know, definitely my overall game, definitely defensively because I've been working out. You know, uh, really hard. Uh, you know, last year especially and this start of the season, been really focusing on being, uh, you know, uh, just solid, just really solid, making the good plays, making quick plays, you know, uh, on the stick, off the stick, um, you know, um, and just to be a solid, um, uh, you know, in all three zones. Um, so that's, I'd say, I'd say those those areas. Bruce made a point uh, of mentioning the other day. It's like it's like you're playing with a coach too, in Braden McNabb. Can you take yeah. us inside what it what it's uh, the experience of, of and how he helps you uh, with Braden McNabb? It's amazing, man. Uh, he's such a really, such, such a good player. Extremely smart. Uh, you know, really good pass, man. He's such, so good defensively, and that definitely, you know, helps me a lot. It gives me more confidence to jump in a play and when when I see, uh, you know, an opening, knowing that you know that Nabri is gonna help me out there. And he always tells me like, move, move, like move your feet, like you can skate, like go jump, like I'll 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 I'll, I'll got your back. And, uh, uh, you know, remember, remember last year, um, uh, I think my, my, my debut, I also played with him. 
and uh, against Colorado. When I got my first point uh, when we won in Colorado, I also played with him. And then it's so comfortable. Uh, he's such a good player. It's just, you know, just so easy to play with him. I know there's uh, some of this has to do with uh, the lineup and uh, guys being out, but uh, what's impressed me with Bruce and John Stevens, who uh, controls the defensive uh, alignment out there, you're playing a lot of minutes. Like You didn't just come up and get eased in. He's playing you a ton and, and first power play. That has to make some kind of difference to you mentally. Most definitely. Most definitely. That gives me so much confidence, you know, knowing that uh, the coaching staff, you know, they trust me. And, you know, I go out there without any hesitation and trying to show my best game, uh, you know, trying to trying to make plays, play hard. And, you know, and, 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 and of course, the, 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 the hockey game is a game of mistakes and, mistakes and mistakes happen to everyone. And, you know, knowing that and knowing that, you know, I have that amazing coaching stuff, I know, on the bench behind my back and knowing that, you know, if I make a mistake, let's say, I come back and not get not gonna get yelled at, and I'm gonna get screamed at. You know, uh, I'm you know I can you know freely play and you know make plays because you know uh, I say you know hockey is the is 85 percent mental game because you know especially for a young player for any player uh, when you know that if you make a mistake you're gonna get yelled at you're gonna get benched you're definitely gonna make a mistake. And, you know, for me, going out there, I feel it's so confident and so comfortable that, you know, uh, that, you know, just just, just play hockey and, and everything's going to, you know, going to get take care of itself. Ryan? You know, like on the topic of the power play, I think your confidence and in, in your decisiveness, you're, you're quick to make decisions with the puck. You're quick to make those passes that, that oftentimes, um, you know, if you hesitate a split second, all of a sudden the seam closes up. Um in terms of quarterbacking that power play and, and feeding off of, say, Jonathan Marcheseau and Mark Stone, like how, how do yeah. you view your job right now in quarterbacking that top unit? I'm just feeding those guys. You know, I just I have to be good at you know feeding those guys, uh, making a good breakouts, and be uh, being you know outlet for them uh, for for uh, you know for any of those guys. You know, Marchi. Uh, uh, you know, Stevie or Stoney or, you know, Paul was there, uh, you know, in the middle. And, uh, you know, once again, those guys, um, you know, I used to watch those guys when I was in school, just like I was, was watching Phil. And um, it, it just the best of the best uh, in here. So, you know, I just need to uh, be good for them, uh, be an outlet, just feed them. And then, you know, I mean, they, they do the job. I mean, you saw it in Winnipeg. I mean, I was just trying to, feed Marchy there because of course he's got to have the shot and I mean I was just I was just trying to to feed him as quick as I can because once again and goalies are so good going back to that talk goals are so good and you know if I would have held the puck for maybe a, maybe less than a second you know he would have been there but you know being being that quick is so important in today's game uh, three more. Uh, they're going to be quicker. Uh, one serious, one's fun, and one's kind of out there. We'll start with the uh, the out there one. Of course. Uh, yeah. Of course. Who do you want to play against that you haven't against. played against? Oh my gosh. Is there is there somebody uh, that you can't wait to, to to line up against? Oh my gosh. Uh, I'd say uh, Ovi. Yeah. Uh, 
um, uh, Crosby and Malkin. Oh, that's... Uh, Crosby Malkin's a, a pretty good one, uh, especially with, and then Ovi, what he's doing right now. Uh, yeah. Here, here's the uh, here's the fun one. You scored your first goal the other night. I made a point of going back and checking the celebration. There wasn't one. Yeah. There, 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 <laughs> like, what's your go-to, Sally? And why didn't I see it the other night? Uh, <laughs> I don't really Sally. You, you don't. Um, I, just, I, I just keep it cool, kind of, you know, just keeping it cool. But sometimes, uh, sometimes I get really excited. That happens just like Mark. And I, I mean, I can just, you know, just go on one year or something like that. But, <laughs> I mean, just like, you know, just like I said, after the game, I just try to focus on the game and without, you know, uh, not too high, not too low. So it's kind of what I learned when I was younger. Yeah, you were calm and cool, like you'd scored 30 goals already that night. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you talked about telling your mom and dad. Uh, Ashley Vice had the great question. What, do you, what would you say to your mom and dad? This is before you got a chance to, uh, to connect with them. Yeah. Uh, I did it. Now that you've had an opportunity to speak with them, uh, yeah. you have, right? Yes, I do. What, was, what was that conversation like after you scored? Uh, can you share any of that with us? Well, my whole family was so thrilled, so excited. Uh, my my mom and dad said, like, when I scored, they were uh, running around the house and jumping around. It was uh, 5 a.m. But, I mean... I'm I'm happy. We all, you know, it's not really. It was it wasn't only my dream. It's it's a dream of my whole family, and uh, you know, we dreamed about about it. Like you know, since I stepped on the ice, it was it was it was our goal, everyone's goal, and it was just just amazing. And they were so happy. Like my brother and you know, my grandparents, everybody was watching the game. Everybody was so happy. Did mom cry? Did you cry? I didn't cry. Um, my, I, I think my parents teared up a little, uh, yeah. but I don't think they didn't. They didn't cry when we talked, but I think they cried a little when I scored. So. Oh, okay. Uh, I, yeah, I, I cry all the time, so I just just want to put that out there. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's fine, man. Yeah. Uh, who says man can't cry, right? Thanks, Daniel. Miro, that's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, we kept you longer than we normally do uh, because you're so uh, just uh, wonderful with your time and uh, and your your thoughts. And it's absolutely uh, a pleasure listening to you uh, and uh, and tell us uh, and take us on this journey with you. Appreciate it and good luck tomorrow. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Hey, we don't have a lot of time here, but Canada, U.S. Last night, the rivalry series at the Dollar Loan Center was epic. It was one of the most intense games that I've seen from those two countries, and they've played some pretty, pretty deeply fought campaigns. It, it delivered every ounce of the uh, the buildup that we gave it. Who won? Sure did. Canada. Oh. No, but it was it was a good game. Uh, the Americans made an amazing push at the end, um, uh, a great push at the end. There was there was borderline line brawl at oh, the end. The man. coaches were going at it. Well, they, like, you it, know what? The U.S. Was, felt was, sorry because Canada had been beaten so many times in this this rivalry series that they kind of had to throw you guys a bone. I, I agree. I I can't wait. They're going to play again in L.A. in a couple of days. 
awesome stuff. Uh, big opportunity for Vegas uh, to host that game. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow.